Today we're going to be talking about Kat Von D's backlash over her recent baptism, Gideon's backlash over his recent conversion and testimony, the disturbing truth of the witch hunts going on right now in Ghana, how the son of the founder of Hamas's Christian conversion is being called into question, how the U.S. seems to be secretly preparing for war with Iran, and much, much more. So let's get you in the loop. All right, so we need to talk about this Kat Von D situation and her response to the backlash that she's been getting from Christians following her baptism. If you haven't heard what's been going on, Kat Von D was recently baptized after renouncing the occult and witchcraft about a year ago. She shared her baptism video where her friends who attended are dressed in black or what some might call a gothic style, which is the style that Kat Von D is most known for. And following her baptism, Kat received tons of criticism for still wearing her gothic style after her baptism that some Christians were calling demonic. And in response to the backlash, Kat said, it's really sad to see the critical display of judgment from Christians because that isn't Christ-like to judge people or judge people's journey. You would think most Christians would be happy for you when you come to this point in your life, especially when you get baptized. It was one of the most important days of my life. It's strange that these handfuls of negative critical Christians would come after me in such a public way as well. Kat also said that people are alleging that her conversion was not genuine and that she was faking the baptism as a PR stunt for controversy and new followers. Others said that they were hesitant about her conversion and said that they wanted time to see change since her aesthetic is still quote unquote dark. One commenter also pointed out that Kat released a song after her baptism called Vampire Love that features very questionable lyrics and depicts Kat dancing on a pole. Now, even though she received a lot of criticism, she also received a lot of support from Christians underneath her posts about her baptism. On a personal note, this brings up things that I've been thinking about for a while. Lately, I've been thinking about just how much harder it is for Christians today to want to even speak about their faith in public, given the massive mobs of critical Christians on social media who come across as being more concerned with trying to find a way to condemn rather than trying to see how they can help guide and support Christians in their new walks. Now, to be fair, Christians should be cautious, of course, and they should be discerning, but that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. Yes, we should absolutely be discerning and we should not condone sinful behavior, but we also want to be clear to maintain humility, knowing that we didn't have everything figured out when we first came to Christ, and also that we can't really feel better than anyone else for our salvation since we didn't do a single thing to earn it. So, I can understand some Christians not liking the way that she dresses, but at the same time, not everything needs to be a hill to die on. To be wise means to also pick your battles wisely. And while we're talking about backlash from Christians on social media, of course, we got to talk about Gideon. So the famous influencer Gideon recently made a video saying that he was done with living a life that was not honoring to God, and he decided to change his life in order to avoid going to hell. So she asked us, she said, do you guys believe in Jesus? And course I was like yeah of course and then she asked me another question she said if you were to die right now would you go to heaven or would you go to hell and I just had to be honest with myself you know it's like, you can know Jesus, but do you have Jesus? Now, in Gideon's testimony video, he said that he grew up in the church, but he went out to live a life on his own, and he chased after worldly things and became empty with the more success that he got. Now, following his testimony, he received some pushback from other Christians who said that he missed the point of the gospel altogether. And although I think that all of us are proud of Gideon for changing his way of living and committing to being a faithful disciple, the Bible is still clear that we can't save ourselves by our good works or our good living. So when 
it comes to concern for him believing in a workspace salvation, I believe that that point is valid. However, I don't at all condone people using this as a way to attack him personally, rather than attempting to help him. And by the way, that actually reminds me, my channel actually came up in a recent live stream of his where someone asked him if he was interested in collaborating with me. And here's what he said. Would love to see you collab with some Christian YouTubers like why you mean me? Why you mean? Why you mean? Why you mean? Bro, I'm not gonna lie. I really don't watch that many Christian YouTubers. Like, I don't know about that many people. So, you guys be putting me on. Why you mean? Cause I don't be having time. Uh oh! I've seen his videos. I've seen his videos. What you mean? What you mean? Um, yeah. I guess. But it's like, you know, I would like it to be a mutual thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to just be like, yo, man, let's, like, you know, like, if it, if it works out like that, it works out like that. You feel me? All in due time. Now, first off, let's not act like he didn't absolutely butcher my channel name, but we can still let that one slide. But seriously, Gideon, it's mutual. I'd love to talk with you in public or in private, and I'd also love to help you along with your new journey. So reach out to me on any of the other platforms and we'll make it happen. Now, a story that you may not have heard anything about is the apparent witch hunts going on in Ghana right now. Just this year, Ghana's parliament passed a bill making it illegal to make witchcraft accusations given how harmful they've been towards Christians in Ghana. And Ghana has been in the news for years now given their infamous witch exile camps where hundreds of suspected women in the Western African nation have been exiled into witch camps and some have faced even worse. So this year, the government in Ghana has teamed up with Christian leaders to put an end to these exiles and accusations by making witchcraft accusations punishable by fines and five years in prison. The bill was introduced by parliamentarian Francis Xavier Sosu, who grew up seeing people who he often believed were just struggling with mental illnesses, accused of witchcraft, beaten up, and attacked. A lot of Christians in Ghana also voiced their belief that these witches are no more than women suffering from untreated mental illnesses, while some pastors in Ghana completely disagree. Many of those who disagree operate deliverance ministries and say that this bill passing will just hurt their work. But I'm curious what you think. What are your thoughts on all of this? And when it comes to other international news, people are skeptical about the last hostage that was released by Hamas. An 85-year-old hostage that was released from Hamas last week is speaking out about her experience being detained, which wasn't at all what people were expecting. She describes how these hostages were taken to a huge network of tunnels that looked like a spider web. She describes how they walked for two to three hours in damp passageways until they reached a large hall where their group of 25 hostages was separated according to which kibbutz they were from. She also stated how her captors seemed prepared for the hostages and had clean rooms with mattresses on the ground. There was one guard for each of them and they ate together, but the captors did not want to discuss the politics of what had happened. And this is where people started to become a little bit more skeptical of her story. She said that the hostages in her small group were treated well and received medication and regular visits from a doctor. She said she could not speak for the treatment of other groups of hostages, which were held in different locations by different captors. In the video showing her release, she turns to shake hands with one of the Hamas captors. However, her son Yazar said that she shook hands with the captor upon release because he kept her alive and she thanked him. That is all. It has nothing to do with the savage murder who rampaged through the kibbutz, her rage at them also remains. 
but we didn't see much rage coming from her. And one of the big reasons why people think that she may have been coerced is because Hamas still has her husband, which makes it very possible that she's just speaking kindly about them in order to keep her husband safe. But maybe there's something I don't know. Is there any other reason for Hamas to take good care of the hostages that I'm not aware of? If you can think of any, let me know down below. And speaking of the war, this is a very important story that people just don't seem to be talking about. If you haven't heard, multiple leaks have been suggesting that the U.S. is preparing for war with Iran. United States military bases in Syria and Iraq have been attacked multiple times, raising the likelihood of the U.S. going to war with Iran. However, surprisingly, we haven't heard a ton about these attacks in the news as of yet, and it's been alleged that the only reason that we heard about them at all is because the information was privately leaked to journalists. According to this article, more than a dozen small-scale strikes on U.S. bases in the region have wounded 24 U.S. soldiers and caused the death of one civilian contractor. And by the way, when it comes to the death of the contractor, to be fair, from what I've seen, this is due to him having a heart attack when the attack started, rather than him succumbing to wounds that he received from the attack. The U.S. has now had two dozen soldiers injured in any other conditions it would have responded but its hands are tied because it does not want to be blamed for escalating the u.s government is very concerned that we are walking into a regional crisis iran has said to be behind these attacks as they've been using iranian proxies these attacks show that iran has an extensive network of well-armed aggressive and well-coordinated proxies across the region which it has established for exactly this scenario they are currently testing red lines, but not pushing too hard. They are putting the onus on the U.S. to respond. And by the way, while I was preparing for this video, it appears that the U.S. has launched a retaliation attack the Iranian proxies in Syria, which also increases the risk of the U.S. going to war with Iran. So as Christians, we need to remain prayerful and vigilant, knowing that we have a hope that can endure than any and all situations, no matter how bad things get. We don't have to fear any evil. And speaking of evil, a tragic mass shooting took place in Maine last week, leaving at least 18 dead. Details are still murky at this point, but it appears that the suspect walked into a bowling alley and also a restaurant four miles away and started firing at random. Now, of course, we want to continue to pray for all of those who've been impacted by this horrific shooting. At the time of this recording, the suspect's motive hasn't been made clear, but we'll follow up as the story develops. And by now, I'm sure that most of you are already aware of Masab Yusuf, who's the son of one of the founders of Hamas who left Hamas and became a Christian. However, some are disputing that claim and says that he was never really a Christian at all. The YouTuber John Clash posted a video in which he plays Fox's recent interview with Mossab where they flat out ask him about his Christianity and he said this. How did you come to know Christ? Well, yeah, this is this is a good question. Well, first of all, I did not become Christian. You know, I did not leave Muslim to become Christian. I was fascinated, and I'm still fascinated by the uh, by Christ consciousness, uh, which basically, you know, um, uh, in that region, you know, where uh, hatred is taken over. So, in his video, Clash argues that Yusuf did not genuinely convert and instead followed a false gospel, or more specifically, a New Age belief called Christ consciousness. Some people have been challenging this claim, saying that Yusuf's testimony must have changed because they don't recall this being in his original testimony. And you still have others responding to that by saying that he's been deceived the entire time and was never really converted to Christianity. Now, when it comes to all of this, I haven't taken a lot of time to look into his new claims in detail, and I've still yet to read his book, The Son of Hamas but I plan to do so soon in order to gain more insight into his story. If you've read his book and you happen to know more details,
levels, then go ahead and leave them down below in the comments. I just want to say thank you if you made it this far and do me a favor and hit the like button on your way out. And just so you know, this is the second of a weekly segment that I'm planning on releasing each week where I cover the big news stories to keep you on the loop. Let me know if you guys like it so that way we can keep it going. All right. See you guys next time. No, oh, I almost forgot. What do you mean?